You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Can't tell today's theme is peace. And what a great time to talk about peace with so much in our world going on that needs the peace of Christ. Amen. So today we get to continue our Christmas Advent season and series talking about peace and as Donna and the worship team has already set this up so beautifully, peace has been brought with Jesus Christ. But much of our world history is not peaceful. Would you agree? Much of our world history is wrapped up in conflict. In fact, over the last 5,000 years, there have been over 15,000 wars, and that's just the ones we know about. Uh, that's not including the one who's, uh, you know, talking about, you stole my goat, let's have a war type thing. That's the ones we know about. But as humans, left to ourselves and our own vices and our own knowledge and our own ability, it's hard and nearly impossible to live in peace. There's a story that I'd like to share, and it comes from our, our history in, in the year 1861. There's a man by the name of Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfellow, and he was a poet, a writer. His wife was actually sealing uh, wax uh, packets for her daughter's hair, I guess something they did at the time, and ended up uh, causing a fire. And her dress caught on fire and engulfed her with flames. Now, Henry, being the husband that he was, saw the and heard the... Um, heard the uh, screams and rushed in, tried to help. He actually got burned too, with burns so severe. um, She slipped in a a coma the next day. He couldn't attend the funeral because he was burned too, trying to save her. And so there was a lot of anguish within his soul. I wouldn't know what to do uh, with myself. In fact, I had a similar situation comes up when I served with the sheriff's department. As a chaplain, uh, there was a young police officer who could not rush into a burning building and save a young girl. And all he could remember was the screams. And he couldn't do anything about it. And it really bothered him, and we worked through that. But Henry was was wrestling with the same kind of thing. She slipped in a coma and died. He couldn't attend the funeral. But he still needed peace from God because he couldn't deal with it on his own. In fact, three years later, after the funeral, on Christmas Day, he was 57 years old, and he sat down trying to capture the joys of the season, if that were possible. And he wrote this, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And also at the time was the Civil War. There was a lot of strife going on in our country. The Battle of Gettysburg was not too far gone. And he asked the question, how can I write about peace on earth, goodwill to men, in this war-torn country where brother fights against brother and father against son? But he kept writing, He says this, And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Then he turned his hope 
and attention to the one who gives peace. And he ends with this. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Now I read that story, and I didn't know that that story existed about that hymn, or that Christmas carol. And it's a wonderful testimony of how God can restore peace even in a tragic situation, even in the midst of turmoil in a country, and he can do it again. Jesus is the answer of our peace because you don't have to go far to see situations today that aren't peaceful. Look around you today at lunch conversations, at families talking to one another, or dealing with a waitress or a clerk. Or You don't have to go far. Look at the news. Our world isn't peaceful. But it's the opposite of what God's will for the earth is. It's the opposite of what God's will for our life is. In fact, Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. The reality is there will never be peace on earth until there is peace within the nations. And there's never going to be peace within the nations until there's peace with our communities. And there's never going to be peace within our communities if there isn't peace in our families. There won't be peace in our families until there's peace in our individual lives. And that won't happen until the Prince of Peace rules over our heart. And so today, we want to remember that Jesus is peace. Jesus is peace, and He came to establish the way that we can be at peace And live in peace with one another. Today we're going to be reading from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. If you want to turn there, you can look on the screen. But the reason that Jesus, the Son of God, came is that we might be saved from our sin and discover the peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. The peace that comforts us in a grieving time when we don't know where else to turn. Look, I have a, a wonderful peace, even though I got to bury my grandmother last week, and I have a wonderful peace. I haven't been sad much uh, because I have a wonderful peace about my grandmother with her knowledge of Jesus Christ because she lived it out. And the same can be said for you today if you don't have that peace. The only way to get it is through Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 4 says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet. Or peace, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Isn't that an amazing portion of Scripture? And we could take that to analysis of our lives. When the storms of lives come, and we're, look, drowning, grasping for air, 
Jesus says, quiet, peace, be still. And the storms stop. The waves cease. And His peace begins to reign over our lives. Jesus came at Christmas time to bring us three kinds of peace. And you'll see this today in your notes. The first being peace with God. The second being peace of God. And the third being peace with others. But today we're going to start with peace with God. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The good news here is that Jesus came at Christmas time to be the bridge of reconciliation between man and God. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can live in peace with Him. It's through Jesus Christ. Now we can live as children of God, friends of God, the Bible calls us, not enemies of God. Why? Through the blood that was shed of Christ Jesus. You know, God has embraced us with His love and favor far beyond any measure. Far beyond anything we can ask or think, the Bible says. He's blessed us with that. So now that we are saved, we are assured that He won't give up on us in the future. We truly are at peace with God. We can relax in the truth and peace that God gives us through Jesus Christ, but only if we've accepted Him as Lord and Savior. You know, uh, back to the, the funeral thing because it's fresh on my mind. I really don't know how people make it, uh, how people grieve and, and bury people that they don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's very tough. I've done it. It's, it's very tough. It's not an easy funeral. People came up to me Saturday and said, wow, that must have been really hard to you know, do the service of your grandmother. I said, no, it was quite simple, actually. Very easy. I'd much rather prefer that. Because there are people who don't have the peace of Christ. And it's our job to tell them about it. Because Jesus extended that peace to us. Because we're separated from God. We're separated from God if we don't have Christ in our lives. And Jesus is the only way of having true peace in our lives and with God. So the first thing is we have peace with God. And then the second thing is this. We have the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Isaiah 26 says this, You will keep in perfect peace those who mind, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. What does the word say? It says we have to keep our minds on God. How do we stay in peace in the midst of troubling situations? Goodness, there's so many. I'm sure like all of your lives, we talked a couple weeks ago, Pastor Paul at the end and the close of service just brought us full circle for this one 364 and a quarter days of this year. How much we've been through as a congregation, how many situations that there were, and the peace that passes all understanding covers all those situations. Why? Because God has given us a way to have peace, which only comes from Him. Because peace isn't the absence of storms or trials, because we all know that trouble is going to come, right? We all recognize that Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, right? But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so we know that trials are going to come, but it's the presence of Jesus in the midst of the storm that gives us hope and peace. 
Can you imagine that? These disciples have been with Jesus for a little while. And they're on this boat. Jesus is asleep. He's not worried at all. And they wake him up and say, what is going on? Why, why aren't you up worrying with us? And he just stands up. Peace, be still. Be quiet, waves. <laughs> he can do the same thing in our own situations, in our own lives. And we try to worry, worry, worry so much, so much, so much. Look, I'm guilty of that too, right? If i got a big decision coming up and I have nowhere to turn, man, i got to turn to Jesus because it's not looking good if I'm trying to handle it all myself. It's not looking good if I try to take control, if I try to take the lead, because it's going to fail every time. But Jesus was the peace speaker that day on the boat. Jesus is the peace speaker still today in our own lives. Because when things aren't going our way, or maybe they're not happening fast enough like we like them, God is still in control. We have to look to Christ. In fact, Mark 4, 38 and 39, I'll just read this portion we've already read. Jesus was in the storm, sleeping on a cushion, in the stern, sorry. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and just like we said, peace, be still. Because there are uncontrollable circumstances and unexplainable problems in our lives that can steal our peace. Sometimes we can't control what happens to us, right? But it can steal our peace if we're not careful. So there are a couple ways today that we can live in the peace that God provides. So the first thing we have to do to live in that peace is pray and not worry. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this, Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what happens then? It says, verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of the most difficult things to do is trust in God when we think we can fix it. It's the most difficult things. I'll just, I'll just go ahead and say it. I know my limits on fixing things. <laughs> I have prayed over my car before. I have prayed over my washing machine before because those are two things I cannot fix. And they have successfully carried on. It's amazing. Because I, I had a sense of, I can't do this. God, you got to make this car run a little bit longer. And, and it did. God, you got to help me with this washing machine. And that may seem silly to you, but to me that's a huge stressor because I don't know nothing, nothing about appliances. You talk about belts on appliances, I say, well, the only belt I know how to fix is this one right here, and it's a little bit too big. So I don't know. But I can trust in the peace of God and say in His Word, trust in His Word to present our request to God. So pray and don't worry. Second is be confident of God's presence. What does He say in the book of Hebrews? He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. How important is that to understand for peace? God is never going to leave us no matter what situation we are in. God is going to be with us. Be confident of God's presence. God is omnipresent, and that means He's literally everywhere. No matter where you go, God is there. You can look back in Scripture. Jonah tried to outrun Him. He can't outrun Him. He can't hide from Him. You, you can't get away from God's presence. He's always with you. And then three, know that you have help. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge. One of my favorite, favorite verses. God is our refuge and strength, an ever 
present help in times of struggle or trouble or need. Fill in the blank. God is our present help. We aren't alone. We also have brothers and sisters in Christ that helps us. We also have the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and comforts us. So we're not alone in that. We have the peace of God. And then last is third, the peace with others. Romans 12.8 says, 12.18, If it is possible, Paul says, as far as it depends on you, what does he say? Live at peace with everyone. Isn't that tough today? <laughs> People cut you off on 77 or 40, whatever it might be. People do you wrong in business and maybe treat you wrong, treat your family wrong. Man, it's hard to live out that verse, but it says, if possible, as far as it depends on you. doesn't say as it depends on the other person. That's tough. That's real talk right there, isn't it? It depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. And again, he says in Romans 14, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace. And when we're thinking about Jesus, He is peace. He came to establish peace. And now He's called us to live at peace with others. In fact, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 chapter and verse 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, it's not something we just come across and say, oh, I'm going to just live for peace today. It's something we have to work on, right? It's not natural sometimes for us to just live at peace with somebody. Look, I've been in completely drag-out arguments and fights, and they're not ending well. And the only way that I can have help is through Christ Jesus. Otherwise, if it's up to me, it's going to be a bad day for somebody. It might be a bad day for me. But Jesus has called us to live in peace and to work for peace. And to work for me, peace means this. The first thing is, is actively seek to end injustice. Matthew 10 says this, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now Jesus is saying that too. What is, what is He trying to say then? If He's saying I'm come to bring peace and then I've come to bring a sword. I can only explain it like this. In school, my daddy taught me this. If somebody's being pushed down or bullied or if they were getting picked on, you need to step in and make sure that you're helping out. He didn't necessarily say go start a fight. But the defenseless need someone to stand up for them. And that's what we were talking about. So swiftly act and help that person out. We see this in the story of the Good Samaritan. How he was traveling on this road and he stops and helps this person who's not even his race, he's not even of his country. He stops and helps this person who has been beaten and, and just ransacked, basically. And he stops in the midst of that and sees the injustice and helps someone who has been mistreated. And in our lives, we have that responsibility too. Is to help end injustice. Two is this. You take the initiative in promoting reconciliation. How many know when we get into an argument with our spouse, somebody's got to be the first one to say, I was wrong, or I'm sorry. 
Otherwise, nothing's going to get said, right? Man, I got an amen from the back row, didn't I? Sometimes we can get in to see <laughs> hands going up all, all over the place now. Sometimes we can get in ourselves in a situation in our marriage that's really, uh, how you say, not good. If it's not dealt with, it's going to get worse. But we have to be the one who takes initiative. Matthew 6 says this, If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Basically what it's saying there is you have to make a choice whether you want the light within you to be darkness or or light, uh, the source of things inside of you. And then lastly, you offer forgiveness to those who hurt you. Colossians 3 says, Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, again, I bring up the spouse thing because somebody has to take the initiative, right? And sometimes we need to just say, I'm sorry. But that's how we promote peace in our home. That's how we promote peace in our community. Oh, there's a lot of people that's been hurt by, hurt by church folks. Just being honest. I know girls in my youth group who told me that they had been molested by ushers, uh, deacons, elders in the church. And I've had to hear those stories. But the first step in reconciling those stories is going, someone being a bigger person, and reconciling those faults and promoting those things and offering forgiveness. Because there's a lot of people in our world who are hurting over different situations in life. Maybe they've lost someone and they're grieving. Maybe they've lost their job and they don't know where to turn for finances. Maybe they've just been hurt so many times they've given up. Forgive and offer forgiveness. Martin Luther King said this, Peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. In a world full of trouble, heartaches, and unknowns, we can be at peace and work for peace because the Prince of Peace came from heaven to earth for us. Would you stand today? Today Jesus is offering to be the Prince of Peace in your life. If you haven't accepted Him as Lord and Savior, just want to extend that opportunity today. That He is the peace speaker and you can have peace with God the peace of God and peace with others if you accept Him today as Savior of your life, as Lord of your life. So let's pray together. Father, thank You so much for this Word. God, Your your Word is living and active. The Bible says it's sharper than two-edged sword. So today we thank You for Your Word that's gone forth. We thank You for the gift of Jesus who was sent to the earth for our peace with God. 
so we can have the peace of God and God so we can live in peace and harmony with others. And so today, Lord, as we focus on peace, we ask that you would help us when we're dealing with struggles in our lives, with our spouse, with our children, with our community, maybe with a co-worker or a boss. God, I pray that you would help us to be peaceful with those folks. And just like Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and 14, to do whatever we possibly can to live in peace with them. God, we thank you today that you are the ultimate example of peace. Maybe today there's a situation in your life that you don't have peace about. Maybe you've heard me talk a lot about peace. And you don't have that peace about a situation. That's okay. Maybe you are born again. You just don't have that peace. And you need somebody to talk it out. Maybe you need a prayer partner today. I'll be available for for prayer. Pastor Paul will be available for prayer. If you need to pray about a situation you're facing that you're not so sure about, let us pray with you. Jesus can be your peace. And if you're not sure about your salvation, you don't have the peace of God. Let's talk about that too. Let's pray about that too. Because I want everyone to have that peace of Jesus Christ because it passes any understanding we can humanly have. So Christ Jesus reign in our lives as the peace speaker today. Reign in our lives so that we can have peace with others. And God, we can show the world your love know that we are your disciples because of love and peace that we have through Jesus Christ. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.